going on. Like a million dollars. Let me check out that ring. What's up, TMZ? How'd you find me, bro? I got my disguise on. What's up, man? TMZ Sports. Welcome to TMZ Sports. I'm Mike Babcock with Lucas Widman, and uh, we're gonna jump right in today. Full disclosure: I could not uh, be uh, a bigger fan of these two gentlemen right here as a uh, a forever New York Giants fan. We are joined by the former number one overall pick, two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Super Bowl MVP, soon-to-be Hall of Famer Eli Manning, and and his great center and also a Super Bowl champion, Sean O'Hara. Fellas, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, of, of course. It's absolutely our pleasure. Uh, Eli, you have uh, joined up with Sean and, uh, and Justin Tuck, and you guys, uh, along with the Children's Place, are hosting an awesome event in North Jersey, actually uh, going to have a bunch of the uh, patients from the Hackensack Children's Hospital out. Uh, lots of fun activities. Easter egg hunt. I want to ask you about all that uh, in just a minute here. Uh, but got some football stuff for you first, guys. Um, you know, both of you went through this decision, figuring out when to retire. Uh, Aaron Rodgers right now, his future biggest decision or biggest talking point, I should say, in all of football. Guys, how do you know when it's time to walk away when you say, hey, I've, I've done all I can do in the game and uh, I'm going to go do something else? You know, I think it's hard. I think it's hard to know exactly when to walk away. I, I know, you know, I knew it was the right time to walk away because that next season I'm watching games and I see quarterback get hit. I'm just like, ow, oh, that looks like that really hurts. So like when the when the hits just look like so brutal, like how can he no way he's getting up from this. Then you know like all right, I definitely got out at the right time. That does not look fun anymore. Uh, you know, so but it, it's hard just because you, you your whole life you you work towards it. You you you're dedicated to the to the game. You've been doing it uh, for the last twenty five years, you know, it's kind of in high school of, of preparing to play this game to say all right, I'm not going to do it anymore. It's a really tough decision, but usually your, your heart just, you just know, you know, you're not, you're not willing to do the preparation, to do the work, to do uh, the full commitment that it takes to play at that level. Yeah, I think one of the hard things to do is to walk away from the game when you can still play it. So, you know, most players get forced out, you know, like I was, you, you get hurt, and then, you know what, your body just kind of fails you. I think the other way you know it's time to retire is if you get benched. Right? I think that's <laughs> kind of one of those, one of those kind of, Calling cards of like, all right, maybe it's time. Yeah. Um, Especially the second time you get bent. So you never know it's time. Yeah. So that, that only kind of lets you know. But the funny thing is, even after you retire, like, you still think you could play. And, yeah. you know, it just your body just can't handle everything it takes to get up to that point. Um, for a guy like Aaron Rodgers, I mean, that guy is still playing at an elite level. So uh, I'd be shocked if he decided to hang it up right now. What, um, advice if any you know a lot of people are talking about you know how would Aaron's personality play in New York obviously it's it's the Jets but still uh same building you guys and Eli obviously with the scrutiny of being quarterback in New York how what, what advice would you give to Aaron Rodgers how do you deal with the media in New York and the scrutiny that's non-stop how do you deal with that stuff well, actually, I mean, I, I gave some advice to Aaron a few weeks ago. It's like, you know what? I think it's going to a really dark place for like three or four days. And I think that'll help, uh, you know, make some of these decisions. So I didn't, I didn't think he honestly listened to me, but uh, I guess he did. But, you know, I think obviously Aaron doesn't need any advice from us. The guy's been playing at an unbelievable level, level for so long, MVP. And, um, you know, he, he can, if he wants to come to New York and, and play, or if that's an option, there's obviously. 
uh, he'll, he'll think about it. He's had, he's had his time in the darkness to uh, debate that. And, you know, uh, he obviously can still play at a high level. And coming to New York with a young team, they got a, you know, a talented, a talented yeah. roster there with the Jets. Just win. Yeah. yeah everything works out. Good. It all works out if you win, right? Uh, and and you're, Eli, you're so funny. That's why Lucas has an SNL question for you. Yeah, Travis Kelsey is hosting SNL this weekend, and you having that gig in 2012. What advice would you give the Kansas City Chiefs superstar heading into the big weekend? Yeah, so excited for uh, for Travis. I think he'll he'll do great on SNL. He's a funny guy. He's a hard worker, and so uh, it, it's funny. I remember you know, doing that show. You're, you're right behind the you know the stage, about to walk on, out the door onto the live stage, and. The lady back there, I was just kind of sitting there just like this, just like kind of not pacing, not real nervous. She's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, most people are like super nervous right now. Like, you're about to do a live show. I'm like, I'm used to doing live. My whole life has been live in front of an audience. And, and this one, there's no one trying to tackle me or like break my legs. So if I screw up, it doesn't matter. I'm just a dumb jock anyway. I'm not an actor. And so I was very relaxed. So I think he'll he, – he's – I've never seen, you know, Travis get nervous or, or anything. He's got a pretty cool personality. And so I think he'll be uh, he'll be great. He'll be funny. I look forward to checking in. And based on what he said on your Manning cast, like he runs his own routes anyway. So he's ad-libbing yeah. on game day, uh, which I'm sure he'll find a way to do. We're huge fans of the Manning cast. We're going to take credit, by the way, for Barack Obama uh, being a guest on your show. <laughs> With that kind of power that TNZ Sports has, who do you want to be your next big guest? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, last year I kind of got asked that question. I said it'd be pretty cool to have a former president on yeah. the show. I, I never assumed that would actually happen, but sure enough, get Barack Obama. I never imagined when I retired playing football, I'd ever interview Barack Obama <laughs> and, and for a segment of why, while watching a football game at the same time. That you know, kind of blew my mind. So uh, I thought I would just say something outrageous. It would never happen. I could just keep saying the answer for years to come. Obviously, I can't do that now. So um, I think now, I think it's, I'm a big Seinfeld fan. So Ooh. I think uh, a Jerry Seinfeld, a Larry David, something in that, that round would be pretty cool. And we know Jerry Seinfeld is a big sports fan, a big New York Mets fan. I'm sure he's a giant fan. I think, hey, I think that might happen, Eli. Uh, all right, fellas, talk to me uh, before you get out of here about this incredible event that you have going on. Like I said in the beginning, you've teamed up with the Children's Place, and you've got a bunch of fun activities, you know, football. Um, and what I'm most interested in is the Easter egg hunt. Uh, talk to me about this event that you have uh, coming up with the Children's Place, which is doing a, a ton of good for the uh, Hackensack Children's Hospital. Yeah, definitely. Excited to partner up with the Children's Place. And uh, Sean and I and a couple of our, our kids did a campaign um, earlier this year kind of about the spring collection. And when you think of spring, you think of Easter, you think of Easter, you think the Easter egg hunt. And that's what it's all about. So today we've got 300 kids from New Jersey here playing football, having fun. At the end, we have a big Easter egg hunt. There'll be 10 eggs. Uh, in those are $100 gift tickets to the Children's Place. So they get to go get some new pajamas, get some slippers, get a new backpack, get some great stuff. And uh, also just the, the alignment with how Sean and I uh, care so much about uh, helping kids and people in need. And so the fact that the Children's Place has that same philosophy, um, helping out tackle kids' cancer and Hackensack uh, Reading Hospital today uh, was awesome. So it's just a great partnership. Who won the Easter egg hunts as a kid? Was it, was it you? Who found the most eggs? Was it you? Was it Peyton? Was it Coop? Who was it? 
Don ate all the eggs, so he always lost. <laughs> he was trying to eat it before, you know, he, he you know, just the chocolate ones. Just the chocolate eggs, yeah. yeah. So uh, I think I, I never won anything. Two older brothers, they stole all my eggs and beat me up and <laughs> stole all the candy. So I just had to take it and, and pretend like I was having a good time. Uh, fellas, thank you so much for your time. Uh, absolutely incredible thing that you guys are doing with all those kids uh, today. And uh, we really appreciate your time so much. Eli, Sean, thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Being the heavyweight champion of the world, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. And uh, this means the world to me. It means the absolute world to me. And uh, I, I won't let this, uh, this, this opportunity slip through my fingers, man. I, I'm going to execute. When I, I lost my fight against Francis, I was really not happy. This is hurt me. I really don't like that. Yeah. So yeah, today I'm going to test myself with a goal. And this is a pleasure for me. This is a, when you have a fight and you don't you don't have any challenge. Just not that's not exciting. But today we have a big challenge. I mean, John Jones is an absolute freak, and uh, and Cyril Gaon moves like a middleweight. And uh, I, I mean, that's just one of the million reasons that this fight is so awesome. Uh, you just heard from John Jones, Cyril Gaon, and Dana White, uh, the three main figures, the three key figures in the absolutely enormous UFC fight, UFC card that's going down Saturday night from Las Vegas, Mojo. This, look, it's historic. You have John Jones, who is uh, in many people's mind, and you heard Dana White say it. He said, if uh, John wins this fight, he's the greatest ever. A lot of people think even if he doesn't win the fight on Saturday night, he is the greatest ever. And you have this guy, this great champion, Mojo, who has decided to go up divisions, and he is fighting the guy who a lot of people think you know, you could argue, is it Francis Ngannou? Is it Cyril Ghosn? Cyril Ghosn uh, could definitely say, I am the greatest MMA fighter, heavyweight fighter in the world. And those guys are going to do battle in, uh, in one day, Mojo. And look, I love the UFC fights. I, I don't know that I've been excited or more excited about a fight uh, as I am this one. Let's, let's do like we do, Mojo. When you got a big fight, we make our picks. John Jones, Cyril Ghosn, who wins the fight, Mojo? Oh, you're kicking it to me first. I'm, I want you to go first this time. Well, I don't blame you because after the uh, Jake Paul, <laughs> <laughs> after the Jake Paul situation, and hey. you had to wear the bodysuit and the. I got my, <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait! No, no, that, those muscles were real. Never mind. That was you did That's not just right. see a muscle I don't know suit. What, that was your loose skin. You were holding. No, yeah, I don't know skin. what that was. Skin, skin, muscles are real. You picked that last one and you gave me the W. Uh, I'm I'm running it back to back with this one. I'm taking John Jones all the way. I'm gonna say this ends by knockout, Babcock. Woo! I'm gonna just put a little more definitively on there. Okay. Our guy who is known for being a knockout artist now has extra strength behind that punch. He will notice it. I know from my days of being a nose guard in the NFL, you put on weight, that strength shoots up in an, at an unbelievable pace. It's crazy. I got John Jones by knockout. Let's see what you think. We might even have to put a round on this as well. Go for it. Yeah, because I agree with you, Mojo. I think John Jones, in my mind, is the greatest MMA fighter ever. Uh, here, here's the thing. I, I don't know that I'd go run to bet on this fight. You, 
Look at that. Look at John and I. <laughs> very close, <laughs> very close friends. Uh, I, I don't think I bet on this fight. John Jones is a slight favorite, but it's a close fight. Here's why I'm a little uh, tentative as far as if I was going to actually put some money down here. When you have a guy going up a division, you never know exactly what to expect. How does that extra weight? Sure, it's probably going to result in some extra power, but it's got to also slow John down a little bit. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know exactly what he's going to look like. Here's what I will say. Uh, I believe in ring rush too, like we heard Dana White say the other day. It will have been 1,120 days since John Jones last fought. That was in 2020. That's a lot of time. With that said, John Jones is one of the greatest wrestlers, MMA wrestlers we have ever seen. If John Jones wants to take down Cyril Gunn, and win the fight and grind him into the ground, that's exactly what he'll do. I love Cyril Gunn. He's a great athlete, maybe the best in that division. But uh, he was taken down by Francis Ngannou. And Francis Ngannou, um, John Jones has more wrestling ability in his pinky than Francis Ngannou does uh, in his entire body. And love Francis Ngannou. No slight to him. It's just that Francis is not a wrestler. John Jones is. If he wants to take Cyril down, he will win the fight. But... I don't know that that's what John's going to do. We've seen John stand up with many of fighters before, and I think that's what might happen. And uh, these guys are big, they're powerful, and one punch can end the fight. So that would be my fear uh, as far as picking John Jones. With that said, Mojo, John Jones wins the fight, not by knockout. He wins by decision. There it is. Coming up next in TMZ Sports, MMA great Eddie Alvarez, the former Bellator and UFC champion, about to make his bare-knuckle boxing debut. And the underground king is going to join us. He's fighting another former UFC great. We asked Eddie what he was going to do to Chad Mendez. It's pretty graphic. We're going to hear from Eddie Alvarez next on TMZ Sports. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, and Walmart, and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. So download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Welcome back to TMZ Sports. Mike Babcock, Mojo will be back with us in just a few minutes. But we are joined by one of the most accomplished MMA fighters uh, to ever step foot in a cage, who uh, is doing something a little bit different now, a little bit different of a sport. Uh, We are joined by the former UFC champion, the former Bellator champion, Eddie Alvarez. Eddie, now you're getting into bare knuckle fighting, Eddie. Uh, (laughs) What's going on, brother? And how did this happen? How did this happen, Eddie? So Dave Feldman, the promoter, he's a Philly guy, and um, we've always spoke, like not even outside of uh, fighting, we just always spoke, and um, when he started BKFC, like I was a free agent, but it really didn't work out at that time, but uh, you know, now now it's kind of made a splash, uh, a lot of attention's going there, and um, I went to a show like a couple months ago, and I was hooked, like the show was high pace, all gas, no breaks, exactly like my fight style mimic my fight style perfectly so 
I don't know. I, I don't think fans want to uh, tune in to see me wrestle. They <laughs> damn sure I don't tune in to see me do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So why not cut the fat and get right get right to the meat and potatoes, you know? You're fighting Chad Mendez. Chad Mendez obviously was one of the best fighters during his generation in the UFC. And now you guys meet in BKFC. We know Chad has taken uh, a bare-knuckle fight before. Um, yeah. How do you train for this, Eddie? What's different from preparing for one of your MMA fights? How is this different? So I there's a lot of little subtleties that I learned when I went to the event myself. Like, you usually get cut about a minute or two into the fight. Everybody's – typically, there's a cut that goes on. So you got to learn how to fight with that. Like, some guys see their – some guys will be world champs undefeated, never seen their own blood. And when they do, you got you get to see the bitch in them real quick. You need to see your own blood a few times in order for it not to upset you or, or get emotional about it. Um, I'm very familiar with my own blood. I know what it tastes like, <laughs> smells like. <laughs> um, and often, oftentimes, I don't feel like a, I'm in a fight until I'm cut. So I'm fine with it. I'm okay with it. And uh, I'm, I'm good with spilling some, too. Obviously, you're the underground king. That's the nickname we all know you by. Uh, did you were you a, a kind of a guy who fought in the streets as a younger guy? Yeah, I'll preface with that. When I'm not a troublemaker, I never been. But I lived in North Philly. I lived in Philadelphia my entire life. This is not the city of brotherly love, like they say it is. Um, this oh, is I know. Crabs. I know. <laughs> this is crabs in a bucket. You better not think you're better than anyone. And fighting is part of the culture. So um, I grew up fighting. I've been in way more street fights than I've ever been in sanctioned MMA fights. Wow. It's, it's how I started. It's it's what gave me the confidence to believe that I was going to be the best professional fighter in the world. Um, that's how I got my start. It's how a lot of guys got their start. So um, Philadelphia is a great place to kind of springboard you into into this career. And it's what it's done for me. Eddie, I'll get you out of here on this one. When you picture how this uh, fight uh, turns out, what happens? It's not, you said you want to sit on a shot. I, I assume you're not looking to go to the judges' scorecards. How do you see it ending? It'll be in 10 minutes with me and Chad Mendez. The way he throws bombs and the way I sit down on my punches, it'll be in, you. I mean, that's the best bet of the night. I'm a big, big 165-er, so... You know, Chad, Chad's big. He does his uh, enhancements or whatever he does. But when he gets in there with me, he's going to look like a vegan. Ne next next to me, Chad's going to look like a vegan. <laughs> I'm a big 165, boy. Oh, man. Eddie, it was great to catch up with you again, brother. I cannot wait to watch the fight. We'll all be watching. Uh, thank you, man. I appreciate it, Eddie. Appreciate you, brother. What's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you during your game? 2020 playoffs. I had a tooth infection, so I was taking some antibiotics for my infection, and one of the side effects was diarrhea. And we got a big out in a big situation during the NLDS. And I screamed, Yeah! I was the thought I ported. Uh, I went out to lead off the inning. I struck out on three pitches. When I went in the dugout, I went straight to the bathroom, put my pants down, completely So you're saying you misjudged the part? Uh, no, what I'm saying is I my pants <laughs> during a game in the playoffs. Mojo, I don't know what to say about that, but 
Kike Hernandez, NLDS. Super excited. Crap happens. Oh, Babcock. The man crapped his pants on the field and actually admitted it. He admitted it. He told the world that he went out there and crapped his pants. Nobody cares what medication you were on. And the side effects, if you're on that medication and you know the side effects, you can't be rolling the dice with farting out there on the field. My goodness, what a risky move, but even riskier telling the world about it. Uh, you know, people react strongly enough when football players talk about like peeing their pants yep. on the field on purpose. You take the water bottle, you squirt it onto yourself as you're peeing. Not like you can go take a bathroom break when it's fourth and goal on the one. No, you'd... You gotta go, you just let it rip, but this uh, this is a completely different situation. There's dugouts, there's privacy in those dugouts. Who's to stop a teammate from holding up a towel or something like that? Uh, ooh, I don't know what the bigger mistake was, trusting that part or telling the world about it, Babcock, but either way, I ain't about that life. <laughs> and it's risky too when you wear white pants. Uh, it could be a dangerous situation. Uh, so Kike Hernandez, when keeping it real goes wrong, there you go, you heard from Kike. Mojo, we gotta go. UFC 285, I cannot wait to see who is right. We both picked John Jones, but we picked very different ways of winning. You say John Jones by knockout. I say John Jones by uh, decision. Who's going to be right? We're going to find out on Monday. And if I'm right, it's going to be great. Not as great if you win. Well, I can answer that question. It's going to be me on Monday <laughs> where it all... Hi, <laughs> the greatest show in Thailand.